Introducing the amazing iPhone XS you'll love on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. It's the perfect way to stay connected to those you heart most. Fall in love with iPhone XS on T-Mobile. And right now, trade in an eligible iPhone and you'll save $300. Visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE. If you cancel service, remaining balance is due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. $279.99 down plus 30 per month times 24. Full price $999.99. 0% APR for well-qualified buyers plus tax on full price. Allow eight weeks for rebate. Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody out there, my name is Dr. Ray Tomos, I'm a chiropractor here in Miami, Florida, and an official sponsor of the ISPS International Slow Pitch Softball League. Welcome to the Hot Corner here Thursday nights at 7 on Blog Talk Radio. We're going to be covering everything about general health, chiropractic, slow pitch softball, other sports as well, whatever you, the listener, wants to listen to. This show is based primarily for you guys to keep you entertained and to keep you informed. Call in or tweet us to get on the air. We'll be giving out the number and all our information throughout the show. Hope you guys enjoy and get ready for the Hot Corner. Hey, everybody out there. Dr. Ray here with you, as always, Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Welcome to the Hot Corner. Again, if you guys want to get on the show tonight, uh, we have a call-in number. You can be a, an actual live caller on air if you want to call in at 347-637-3978. Again, that number is 347-637-3978. You can go ahead and call in with any questions you have concerning chiropractic, health, signs and symptoms, uh, rehab, whatever you guys want to talk about, you know, that's what I'm here for with you. Um, tonight on the show, we're going to talk about a couple different things. Um, I know we want to touch a little bit on Derek Jeter's retirement. I want to talk a little bit about CrossFit tonight and a little bit about diabetes. Um, so if you guys have anything to weigh in about on these subjects, you're more than welcome to go ahead and call. You can tweet us if you're going to tweet. Um, you can either get me at Dr. Ray T, that's D-R-R-A-Y-T, or you can just tweet using the hashtag the hot corner. Uh, so again, you guys are more than welcome to be a part of the show. Um, and as we go ahead and get it kicked off here Thursday night, I want to welcome in my, my good friend, Mr. Manny Ferrero. Um, he is the owner, director, manager, the man who makes it all happen at ISPS, International Slow Pitch Softball. Manny, how you doing tonight, buddy? Hey, Dr. Ray. I'm doing great. How are you, man? Never better. You know, it's always great to be here on, on air talking with you and talking everything that we want to talk about and everything that the listeners want to talk about and being able to hopefully get some people some valuable information that they can take with them and hopefully incorporate into their lives and, and make it better and experience a better quality of life. Well, yeah, I I look forward to my Thursday nights now with Dr. Ray. I always uh, enjoy my time here talking with you, doing the show. And and every every Thursday night I leave the show learning something new, man. So I, I really look forward to my Thursday nights with Dr. Ray on the hot corner. Well, I'm super happy to hear that, my man. So uh, without further ado, why don't we get it kicked off a little bit tonight? Uh, so the captain, the man, pinstripes, he's retiring. This is his last year. What's your opinion? What do you think? I mean, what can you say about Derek Jeter, the classy, classy capitan, 
of the the New York Yankees. You know, he's he's Mr. Class Act, dude. He really did it did it the right way, did it the the healthy way. Um, you know, there's always been rumors of him, you know, dating around, but he's a single guy. You know, he's entitled to his to have his little fun, but he did it the right way, the healthy way. The He's a perfect role model for kids. I mean, he's he's the classic capitan, as they call him sometimes. Yes, sir. You know, I think when you think about over the last 20 years, nobody really kind of embodies the spirit or the game of baseball more than Jeter. You know, there's especially being in New York, the media capital of the world, um, it's crazy to think that there, is, that there really hasn't ever been a time where the whole kind of world has come crashing down on him when you think about all the other greats. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what his last tour around the majors is. And, you know, last year I think they did a great job with Mariano. And I'm interested to see what they do now for, for Jeter, you know, the captain and really, as I mentioned before, the face of the Yankees. Well, I mean, dude, Derek Jeter, he's uh, he's leaving the game at the right time. You know, his postseason career numbers are ranked among the best. He has the most games in postseason career. Uh, the most runs, the most hits, the most total bases in postseason. I mean, I'm on the great Yankees alone, all the the great Yankees of of the past, and he's he's first place in those four categories. That's you know that's amazing, and he's doing it the right way. He's leaving at the right time. He's not you know one of these uh, veterans that you know they they start you know decreasing their their physical ability and they just. Uh, you know, they leave, they go get traded, or, you know. Uh, Derek Jeter, he did it the right way. He stayed his whole career with the Yankees, the New York Yankees, a worldwide, you know, phenomenal team that everybody knows. And, uh, dude, I, I can't wait to, to follow his last season in the major leagues. I mean, the the tour, the, the retirement tour, that it's going to be spectacular. I, I can't wait to, to, to follow this last season of his. Definitely, and, and I'm really hoping that as much as Derek Jeter's contributed to the game already that we actually get to see a few more people now follow the game as well too and, you know, watch his last go-round. And I'm sure the attendance is going to spike for his last game at all the opposing stadiums that he's going to be playing at, and I think that's great for the game as well too. And I'm excited to see who the next young faces are that are going to come out and start, you know, being the next Derek Jeter, you know, so... With that being said, who do you think are of the couple of up-and-coming guys now in the game that might be able to take over? I mean, obviously, you know, there's already a, a bunch of stellar great players out there, but nobody you can, can you really say is the face of baseball or the face of a team similar to how Derek Jeter is. But do you see anybody else coming out, or, or is Derek Jeter kind of the last of his kind? I mean, you know, the future holds many doors that we just we still got to get to, but... um you know, right now in the major leagues, no, I, I really don't think there's anybody quite like Derek Jeter. Um, you know, you could say Cabrera, you could say Trout over in, in, in the Angels, but, you know, the captain, Derek Jeter, there's something special about that guy. There's um, there's some charisma, there's the athleticism, you know, the guy – the guy is a complete package, you know. I don't, I don't think there's anybody in major leagues right now quite like Derek Jeter. I couldn't agree more, and uh, that's why I think that it's excited that we we give him his due, even on our radio show here. And uh, 
you know, that we all follow the the last year that we're going to be able to have Derek Jeter as part of our game. And, you know, I heard on SportsCenter they were talking, could this really be his last year and might he make a comeback? But if he's a smart man, I think that it'll be the last year and, and hopefully his health holds up and hopefully he's able to play, um, you know, at least 120 games or something like that out of the 162. But anyway, I'm excited for Derek Jeter. I'm excited for the baseball season coming up. we got pitchers and catchers coming up in just a couple of days. I know I'm getting my fantasy baseball teams all ready to go. Um, but that being said, um, I know that you mentioned that there were a few questions that you had received throughout the week. So I figured that we could go ahead and move into that a little bit and, and see where that takes us on the show tonight. Uh, what is the Twitterverse out there talking about this week, Manny? Well, we got a couple of questions. Uh, Omar from Florida, I guess he's a CrossFitter. You said you were going to cr- talk about CrossFit, so this is perfect. He wants to know, how does CrossFit impact your spine? Are there any, um, you know, Things that happen when when you when do you do CrossFit or uh, if you do CrossFit wrong does it does it hurt your spine or anything like that Have you heard that in your in your practice, Doctor Ray? Well, I can tell you that I see a lot of CrossFit patients in my office. Um, I personally love CrossFit because of that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, as a matter of fact, even though it does bring me a lot of patients, most of the time that happens in competition or uh, when somebody's just not doing it the right way. When there's a lot of boxes out there, as they call them, that, you know, people don't get quite enough personal attention and they, you know, as they start getting fatigued, their form starts to slip and that's really when injuries can happen. Um, In my opinion, I think CrossFit is an excellent type of a workout. It helps with insulin resistance, which is something that we're going to talk about a little bit later on. It's a great way to build a high oxygen deficit, which helps you to burn fat over a larger, over a longer amount of time you know, as opposed to just being on the treadmill and trying to burn fat for 30 minutes at a time, you can burn fat for a day and a half after a CrossFit workout, you know, if it's done correctly. So I think it's great to build stamina. It's great to build strength. Um, and, you know, you look at the athletes that compete in it. I mean, those people are in shape, um, but it really does depend on the trainers, the programmers, the box that you're at, that, that you're participating at. And, and really, if you got camaraderie, if you have enough coaches to be able to take care of you there and, and they have limits on their class size, you know, that may be a good gym. Um, but it's very hard because, unfortunately, it's one of those things that's a fad now and there's a lot of businesses that are popping up everywhere where people are getting weekend licenses. And, you know, unfortunately, that's when a lot of injuries can happen. So, again, you want to take the time, if you're thinking about CrossFit, to research the programmers, find out what their goals are, find out do they like more cardio, do they like more ollie lifting. You know, those are all things that are important because certain movements, certain actions, they do put more stress on your spine. You know, anytime you load up weight on top of your body, you're adding compressive forces to your spine. And your spine is built to compress, but if for some reason your spine, your spinal structure has degenerated, you've lost the curvatures in your spine, your posture is bad, and you start to load your spine up, you make yourself susceptible to to disc herniations, for example. You know, so it's something that you definitely want to be careful with. And if you're not sure, if you're thinking about joining CrossFit, if you've had injuries in the past, especially if you have chronic low back pain or chronic upper back pain or pain shooting down your legs or down your arms, my suggestion is that you definitely see a chiropractor first. Make sure that you get the proper examinations done. Check out if there's any susceptibility for disc herniations. And then from there, you know, go ahead and have some fun. 
Um, I would also recommend previously crossfitting myself that you start trying to build up some cardiovascular um, stamina before you get in there. Um, they call it a gas tank, and I tell you what, when you get in there and you haven't done these movements before, that gas tank runs out real quick. So, again, I think it's a good idea to go ahead and get started before with some cardiovascular training. It takes about six weeks for your body to get acclimated to exercise anyway. So, you know, before you start really getting into intense exercise, you want to build a little bit of a base and a strong foundation to build on. So that's always my suggestion for people who get started with CrossFit is, you know, just go running first, get on the treadmill, hop on the elliptical, but build up a cardiovascular base first so that you can then start to take part in more high-intensity interval training and, you know, pushing your body to the max like they do in CrossFit in order to avoid injury. Now, Dr. Ray, to, to go back to what you were saying, uh, comparing a treadmill to a CrossFit workout, how does the CrossFit workout continue to burn fat for a couple of days after your workout? Well, basically what happens is <clears throat> when you create a lot of energy demand on your cells, your cells go into an anaerobic process of creating energy, and that creates an oxygen deficit, one that has to be repaid at some point in time. So when you're done with your workout and your body is in recovery mode, it actually goes through a process called oxidative phosphorylation. Basically what that means is that your body is now burning fat. So it takes fat supplies or fat stores that we have, which everybody has, and it uses that fat as a more efficient form of energy to repay the energy that you needed while you were working out. And that process can take about a day and a half to, to overcome. Again, depending on how intense the exercise was and the duration of the exercise. Um, but that's also the same, the exact same principle behind the Orange Theory, which is a new form of workout that has been popping up around um, again as well. Um, again, that one's a little bit less intense, but same principle. The Orange Theory is actually building an oxygen deficit so you can repay that by burning fat for a longer time after your workout. Wow, very interesting. Um, Dr. Ray, Armando from Georgia wants to know what kind of maintenance should a healthy individual do to maintain a healthy spine? You know, that's a great question. Um, my recommendation is that it all depends on your lifestyle. It depends on your posture. It depends on your job. You know, if you have a job where you stand up all day, um, it's a good idea to see a chiropractor and take a look at maybe some spinal pelvic stabilizers, some supports that you can slide into your shoes. If you're sitting down all day, you know, you want to see a chiropractor that can help guide you right with exercises and, and posture, postural exercises for the posterior chain and things to kind of help counterbalance all the weight that you've been putting forward all day in front of the computer. Um, you know, if you have a job where you do heavy labor, manual labor, I suggest at least once a month, if not maybe even a little bit more to keep your spine aligned. Uh, you know, we build inflammation in our joints all the time, and that inflammation in our joints can affect some of the nerves that really are are the way that our body takes care of itself and communicates. So it all depends on how much stress you have. If you're a very stressed out individual, you're going to need to see a chiropractor a little bit more. Funnily enough, it's the people who are very health conscious who end up at the chiropractor more, and for that reason, they're the ones that are out there preventing disease as much as possible and feeling great and enjoying a great quality of life. You know, and the people who make excuses that there's no time, that there's, you know, I can't get there and it's too far and I don't have 20 minutes to exercise a day. Unfortunately, those are the people that are stressed and, 
you know, just not feeling well ever and, and have preventable diseases. And really the key word there is preventable, you know, and, and a, one thing that it's important that everybody knows is that every chiropractor is different. So depending on yourself as well, you want to make sure that you pick a, a good chiro. You know, it's a very personal experience. It's a hands-on experience. You know, you don't usually fall in love with the with the first girl that you meet. And it may be the same thing with your chiropractor. Just because you had a bad experience with one doesn't mean that all of them are bad. You know, it's the same thing with medical doctors. You know, not all medical doctors are bad. There are some very good medical doctors out there. And not all medical doctors are great. You know, it's the same thing. So Really, you just want to find somebody that you can kind of connect with, somebody that's into the same types of things that you may be into, and, you know, somebody that can really take care of you and, and really help you reach your own personal health goals and not just try to sell you a plan that will do whatever, you know, whatever they think is best for you, but somebody that will really take the time and listen. Um, but for healthy individuals, you know, I think once a month, you, you can't go wrong seeing a chiropractor once a month. It's not too much. It's not It's not too little. I think once a month is a great thing to do. Monthly maintenance, go in, get aligned, you know, do a little review with all your other all your other uh symptoms and anything else that's going on, digestion, uh headaches, all those kinds of things cuz that pain comes from everywhere and and a chiropractor is trained to really know a lot about the body and and then refer you to a specialist if necessary. So don't be afraid when you have a symptom to go check that to go get checked out by a chiropractor, even if you are a healthy individual that just wants maintenance on their spine. Oh, great stuff, Dr. Ray. Uh, one last question before we uh, continue talking about your your topics on the show. Uh, Carlos from Miami wants to know any mattresses that Dr. Ray suggests that are good for the back. I think we we covered this before on our East Coast show, and uh, you used to do the Hot Corner segment on the East Coast show. But if you want to uh, talk about mattresses and w which ones are good for the back uh, for Carlos in Miami. Definitely. Um, as a matter of fact, um, I work with a mattress company because I believe that they have really come up with a couple options that are very good for people. Um, the bed really depends on you. Uh, the, most, the more comfortable sleep that you can get, the better off. I mean, it doesn't have to be a firm bed. It doesn't have to be a soft bed. You know, what you want is something that you can feel comfortable sleeping on. Now, certain people are going to match up a little bit better with a firmer or a softer mattress, depending on their body size and any type of previous injuries or anything like that. But let's say, for example, you are six feet tall, about 200 pounds, average build, a little bit more on the muscular side. A firmer bed would more than likely fit you a little bit better than a softer one because of that extra weight, you want to make sure that you're letting your muscles and everything relax at night. If a bed's too soft and your body parts are sinking too deep in, then you're going to have some issues with muscles getting tight, muscles getting lengthened throughout the night, and you really want everything to just be resting and recuperating throughout the night. Now, that being said, if you're 4 foot 11 and 88 pounds, you know, then a firm mattress is, is not going to be comfortable for you at all because you're not going to sink in at all. You're, you're going to feel like you're sleeping on the floor and you want something that's going to have a little bit more give to it. You know, but if you check out my website, I have a lot of different options. If you go to 353heal.com and you go to patient support products, I actually have a bunch of different mattresses at very good prices that are Tempur-Pedic or bamboo. And that can actually uh, provide you some, some cooling down here in Miami because some of those Tempur-Pedics that are all memory foam get a little bit hot. So the, the bamboo versions that I have there are actually really good. They have a, a, 
a cooling cell layer, which allows air to kind of come through and, and keep the mattress nice and cool throughout the night as well, too. If you're too hot and you're not resting well, then it's not a good mattress for you either. So, again, really, when it comes to mattress time, you know, you just want something that you know will be able to keep you comfortable. Oh, that's great. I'm looking here at the uh, patient support products. you got a bunch of products here, uh, everything from the uh, Perfector Posture, uh, foot levelers, a bunch of nice products uh, for our listeners out there. Visit 353heal.com on their patient support products. Dr. Yeah. Ray, what else is on the show? That was the last uh, question, unless we have any others coming in a little bit later. Well, um, since we don't have anything else uh, question-wise, let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about the topic that I want to get into tonight, and that's insulin resistance. Um, I know we only have a few more minutes left, but insulin resistance is something that you know we can talk about forever. It's something that's very prevalent nowadays. It's something that we're seeing a lot here of in the United States. Um, and if you're wondering what insulin resistance is, it's basically a precursor to diabetes. So insulin resistance basically is is the cells in your body use insulin as a way to know that they need to take in energy or sugar or blood sugar. So when you have insulin resistance, the way that I look at it is when we take your fasting uh fasting blood sugar on your on your blood work and we see an insulin above 88 or excuse me a blood sugar above 88 or above 80 around that range, that means that there is some resistance and there's extra glucose floating around your cells. Now, what that means basically is that every single cell you have has about 250 to 300 different insulin receptors on it. And each one of those receptors is tied up to, a, to basically a port which will, or a transport, which will allow glucose to come into the cell. So it's, it's set up that way so that when you eat sugar, your cells just don't get flooded with that energy. And then you have to create all this energy because that would really make you feel very bad. So these receptors are built as kind of a mediating mechanism so that you can take in just as much as you need. Now, here's the problem. We are spending way less energy and taking in way more energy than ever before. If you think about our ancestors, they used to have to hunt their prey. They used to have to run them down. They used to have to build everything by hand and transport it by hand. Now technology has made our life so much easier that we can walk three steps to our car in the, in the garage push the gas pedal three or four times, end up at a McDonald's, and then get 1,200 calories of energy, which is enough for more than half of the day already. So it's becoming a, a very, very big problem, and it's more than likely why America is spending so much money on diabetes and healthcare and preventable disease and still having some of the worst outcomes. It's because a lot of medical doctors out there, a lot of other practitioners, a lot of even chiropractors aren't talking enough about what you're doing with your diets and what you're doing with insulin resistance. And it's a big precursor and there's a lot of signs and symptoms. So what I wanted to do was go through and talk about some of the signs and symptoms of insulin resistance. So insulin resistance, basically the biggest, the biggest sign that we can see of it is problems with sleeping and headaches. If you have headaches that come out of nowhere, more than likely it's an issue with either dehydration or insulin resistance. So that being said, Manny, I think you said that we had a question. Yeah, I have a question myself. Um, you know, my father was diabetic. My grandfather was also diabetic. Um, you know, I thank God still 
am not diabetic. I don't plan to be diabetic. But do you suggest uh, that we go and take a blood, a blood work every so often? How often do you think uh, we should check for these uh, these symptoms? Well, I definitely think that it's important to get a, an annual exam done, and that includes blood work. And there's a lot of markers out there that we look at in the in these uh, blood chemistries that can let us know if we're having problems with insulin resistance or any susceptibility for diabetes. So the first one that I talked about was just fasting blood sugar. The other one is triglycerides. Uh, a lot of people think that cholesterol comes from eating bad fats, when in fact cholesterol is actually driven up by eating too much sugar. So sugar is the biggest driver of insulin resistance and diabetes because it creates a lot of inflammation in the body. Cholesterol rises as a necessity because there's damage going on inside of our blood vessels, and cholesterol is an antioxidant. So when you have that damage going on in your blood vessels, that cholesterol goes and it tries to patch up a hole. Now, we have different types of cholesterol that can patch holes in our vessels. And when we take, for example, a VAP uh, lipid profile, which tells us about the subfractions of your cholesterol, we can find out if, if your cholesterol is cardioprotective or if it's putting you at cardiovascular risk. We can also take a look at homocysteine, which is another level, which tells us about how well your blood is basically carrying nutrients throughout and around the body and how well you're going through a process called methylation. Now, in the future, you're definitely going to hear about methylation on one of these shows because it's very, very important to ongoing health, to anti-aging, to feeling well as you continue to get older. And it's something that a lot of people are having a, a problem with. And as a matter of fact, they've linked now higher homocysteine levels to an increased risk of cardiovascular disease, coronary artery disease, stroke, heart attack, so on and so forth. So it's one of the things that I know I always put into my blood panels. Um, unfortunately, when I get a patient in and they bring me their blood work, I notice that it's missing in a lot of other doctors' panels. So again, what I try to do is be as preventive as possible. When I look at blood work, I'm not looking for disease that's already there. I'm looking to, to see, is there any disease that's coming? Is there anything that we can prevent? Because if we can prevent things with diet and we can prevent them maybe with some supplements or we can do the right type of exercise, well then, hey, we've just prevented and saved a whole bunch of money because I, I can guarantee you, if you think going to the chiropractor once a month is expensive, wait until you get diabetes. Wait until cancer happens. Those are very, very expensive treatments. And again, you know, if you take care of your car, it'll last you. If you don't ever change your oil, it doesn't matter if you buy a million-dollar Ferrari, it's going to break down, the engine's going to blow, and you're going to be out a whole lot of money all at once. So I think it's important to try to invest in your health, get annual exams, and make sure that all your levels are staying where they are. And if they're not, you know, find a, find a practitioner that's going to be able to help guide you in the right direction there and make sure that they, they can help you with your diet, exercise, and any supplements that, be, that may be necessary to help your body get where it's going. Now, Dr. Ray, I know we only have a couple more minutes. Um, very interesting topic, man. Um, you know, it, it hits me close to home. Um, but uh, I also want to thank Omar and Armando and also Carlos for their questions earlier. Uh, Dr. Ray, I wanted to ask you one last question a little bit about the Olympics. I know you haven't been following the Olympics but I do. I love the Olympics, summer and winter. Who do you think currently is in the uh, top spot in the medals count, Dr. Ray? Wow. Um, this would be a complete guess. 
Um, I really haven't been able to watch as much of the Olympics as I would like to, but it's got to be some kind of a Scandinavian country, if not the Netherlands or uh, maybe Germany or uh, Norway. I think Norway maybe. You got it. You got it. You got it. Norway. Norway is currently on the top with 13 medals. They have four gold medals, three silver, and six bronze, followed by the Netherlands and the United States with 12 each. Uh, The Netherlands have four golds, three silvers, and five bronze, and the U.S. have four golds, two silver, and six bronze. Dr. Ray, who do you think is going to end up in the top spot at the end of the Winter Olympics? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Norway. I would love to say the United States because I'm a proud American, but at the same time, I've been to Norway twice. One time was in the winter, and funny enough, I was actually watching people do ski jumps and all these kinds of things just at the local park down the street. You know, the same way we go and play basketball, these guys are out there just doing ski jumps and all kinds of crazy stuff. So it definitely doesn't surprise me that those guys are in are in first place over there. Nice man. I, I I really hope the uh, the United States comes back up. Uh, Sean White he uh, missed an opportunity in the last final run of the half pipe. Uh, I believe it was last night. Um, he fell in the finals, but uh, we the U U S has plenty plenty more opportunities to uh, win some more medals, man. I, I really. Uh, I really support the United States athletes, all the athletes around the world, but uh, in particular the United States. I really wish them good luck in the winters. I do the same, you know. And, and anytime we can cheer for the U.S. as a whole, I think it's great for patriotism and for everybody here. And, uh, you know, that being said, if, if the Olympics comes up next week, maybe I'll try to see if I can watch a little bit about it. And if anybody out there wants to talk Olympics next week, you're more than welcome. If you have any follow-up questions about what we talked about tonight, whether you want to weigh in on Derek Jeter and, and anything you're excited about about the season coming up or anything about CrossFit and chiropractic or anything about diabetes or insulin resistance. If you're having headaches and you feel like you're thirsty all the time, you know, and you don't know what's going on and you want a little bit of direction, feel free. You know, you can you can reach me on email through 353heal.com. You can go to Facebook slash 353heal. You can call the office at 786-353-HEAL. You can tweet me at Dr. Ray T or on Instagram at Dr. Ray T. So however you guys want to get in touch, you're more than welcome. Thanks for listening to the Hot Corner again, and we'll see you next Thursday night right here at 7 p.m. Introducing the amazing iPhone XS you'll love on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. It's the perfect way to stay connected to those you heart most. Fall in love with iPhone XS on T-Mobile. And right now, trade in an eligible iPhone and you'll save $300. Visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE. If you cancel service, remaining balance is due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. $279.99 down plus 30 per month times 24. Full price $999.99. 0% APR for well-qualified buyers plus tax on full price. Allow eight weeks for rebate.